Hello and Pelissababble are back for our fifth season discussing the joyous news of politics and all the issues that surround it. We're here today to discuss press groups. I'm Archibald Elliott and as usual I'm joined by my absolutely wonderful co-host Oliver Sykes. Hello Archie. Hello. Yes, yeah, so we're back for yet another season. We, As you might have noticed, we've just finished our Manx mini-series focusing on politics, but now we have a new chief minister and it's all back, settled back into uh, the rather calm Irish sea, of which the sea is usually not. Uh, so yes, this week we're discussing uh, political pressure groups. So Oliver, what are political pressure groups? Well, political pressure groups are usually a organisation which attempts to influence uh, government policies, uh, mainly through uh, protests or t- demonstrations, and uh, they're usually formed when people have uh, similar opinions and, and get together for similar objectives. Um, so uh, I, I may give an example now. Um, before We're obviously going to talk about what they are doing currently. Okay. Um but that's sort of, for example, what you might see in the news a lot at the moment is for, uh, Extinction Rebellion or Insulate Britain. Britain. They are, well, particularly Insulate Britain at this sort of moment in time this week have been really uh, apparent. But we've seen all sorts of different pressure groups over the past few years um, to yeah try and change policy and sort of influence the politicians. We now sort of see them trying to cause more disruption to people's lives than usual. Um, they're getting a lot more sort of non-peaceful. Uh, and that just shows sort of the aggravation that it's causing some people. Well, I'd say it goes in waves, really, because we did see sign of these pressure groups could be described almost as union-like, because we saw, especially in the 60s and 70s, often I obviously weren't alive then, uh, going back quite some time in history, for us at least. Uh, there were, obviously, you had the minor strikes, and those were very, very heavy, with lots of union movements, which again mm. did turn violent in places. And then we saw even the 2004, five riots if i'm correct or 2007 somewhere around in the early 2000s there were riots in london uh, yeah but we'll go back to the first example oliver pointed out there of insulate britain and that's obviously been uh, heavily heavily in the news over mm. over the past uh, at least month or so so they're a group which which wants to have the government insulate all social housing in britain by 20 25 and retrofit all homes with insulation by 2030 uh, so obviously government has heavily condemned them because the methods they are are taking are not just standing outside downing street standing in parliament square and protesting having their voices heard or you know even just disrupting government leaders or people uh, figures which they feel are massively impacting the environment Insulate Britain is blocking the roads of this country. They're blocking the motorways, especially the M25, the A1M, the M3, the M11, uh, all in England. And mm. kind of the first protest was the protesters blocked five junctions off the M25. Yeah, which is M25 is like a massive a, ring it's around a major, London. Major, around, uh, so, a major, major, yeah, it, it goes right around London, sort of the outskirts of London. And if you're going to mess that up, it's going to cause pretty detrimental effects on the rest of the country. But that's, that, but that's, a, the, that's their reasoning. The yeah, whole reason yeah. behind it is to say we're going to be an absolute pain in the proverbial uh, <laughs> to to actually get some action, which in a way makes sense. Mm. But 
the way they do about it, I don't think actually goes and creates that. In theory, yes, it works. But actually, all they're doing is annoying uh, basically the hell out of commuters and everyone trying to get through even ambulance crews which yeah, they say I've they have a blue that. light policy but how can you get a blue light policy when the ambulance is uh, a half a kilometre back and there's a half a kilometre of cars in front yeah, which uh, can't move out of and, the and, way. and I've seen a couple of videos yeah. where the crew you know have got out of the vehicle and they're dragging them off I've seen a lot of videos of people dragging them and they don't do they don't you know they just sort of slump there and, and, and don't move at all it's really oh but then once they're dragged yeah. back off and they're left alone they just run back they on just, <laughs> they run back on I saw a video of them win. I saw a video of them yeah. hiding I don't know whether they had police getting <laughs> chasing them um, but I saw a group of them mm. hiding under you know the sort of a uh, under tunnel oh the bypass yeah, 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 yeah the suburb kind of things. things anyway they were hiding there in the high-vis jackets and they were like, right, let's go. And they Hard started, hiding with high-vis jackets started, there. They started running yes. and then they just sat in the road. It was like, I don't know whether they, they knew that there was sort of police presence around, but I just thought it was hilarious. But yeah, they're, they're in some major routes and, you know, like we were saying about the ambulances, um, like, it's awful, isn't it? You know. Yeah, well, they have they have now have currently an injunction uh, granted by two national highways against them, which prohibited demonstrators causing damage to the surface and apparatus around the M25. They can't paint it, damage it by fire, fix any item, and if they break the injunction, they'll be in contempt of court, so they could risk a prison sentence of up to two years, all in a limited fine. But obviously, this hasn't stopped them. They don't really care because before even blocking a road. That was already a criminal offence. So they're really just laying on the... It's almost like increasing the penalty of murder to the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Obviously, in this case, it's not the yeah. death penalty. Even though I'm sure some commuters might want to see that. I wouldn't support that, obviously. But some commuters do feel heavily, strongly about that. Um, it's but, only, it actually only hmm. began, the protests, very recently. What? It was actually yeah. the 13th of September. Um, so, yeah... Um, it's still going on. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it sort of uh, more in our current affairs section. Yes. Obviously, well, seventy two percent of people opposed this pressure. Yeah, I think that's quite common, uh, quite interesting to see across pressure groups. Mm-hmm. We'll analyze. Uh, there was a big, big opposition to insulate Britain. A lot of opposition towards it. Yeah, another mm. sort of uh, eco sort of um, uh, pressure group. Your good friends, Archie, at Extinction Rebellion. I hope that was a joke, Oliver. <laughs> anyway. Um, They're wonderful, wonderful uh, people, obviously, yes, yes. They sort of similar idea um, that they're pressing for, but um, and, and they've done a similar thing, and they had a massive boat, in the, but they've gone more into the centre of London. It was, um, less, it was less disruptive, I think, to many people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're a non-violent uh, civil disobedience group, uh, which wants to compel government action towards uh, climate, uh, climate, the climate emergency, biodiversity loss, and so e- social and ecological collapse. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, but so they, start, they, put the a, they put a massive boat, didn't they? Right, mm. sort of, was it near Westminster or something? I think um, it was quite a while that I've seen other um, actions that they've taken by jumping on top of um, the trains. On well, they, had, they, and, they, had, they and, have more. Some, interesting, and, they have a lot more support than Insulate Britain. They have yeah. about uh, 54% opposed them, but 36 support strongly mm. supported them and somewhat supported them. And that's coming from YouGov. 
Uh, yeah, they did sit on the train. They, they... And a plane as well. I remember yeah. seeing it on Sky the, News. The plane makes more sense than the train, but the yeah. train is a mode of eco-friendly transport, so it didn't really make sense at all mm. to me. Why well, I did think, let's block the way where commuters are getting to work because they don't want to drive, they're taking a train. It's almost, that That was very nonsensical. Uh, very nonsensical there. Yeah, so yet again, another sort of recently founded group as well, October 2018. Uh, so since then, they've done... They, they've they've done a lot of sort of pressuring, haven't they? Everyone knows um, their name, I think. Yeah, it's safe oh, yeah, to say. Definitely. Mm. Um, yeah. So they're sort of two sort of um, groups, sort of going for um, the environment, the side. environment side. Yeah. Um, but we've also, well, yeah, we we we've just sort of looked at um, them being sort of you know not in. Not in the massive favour of of most people. Um, what what would do you support any of their actions, Archie? Well, I think the overarching aims of wanting some action is good. I don't support the action that they want. They're pushing for more uh, socialist Green New Deals. Popped mm. up in the Labour Party conference by the person in dungarees addressing everyone as my comrades. We need a socialist Green New Deal. Uh, I don't necessarily support that style of action. Uh, I can sympathise with the overall aims of wanting some action on climate change. The way they go about it, Extinction Rebellion, I'd favour over-insulate Britain, mm-hmm. but still both of them I'm not in full support of. Again, Extinction Rebellion, we didn't mention the vandalism part of it. Yes. They do, although, yes, they do spray paint fossil fuel companies. They do cause a lot of havoc everywhere and a big clean-up from it is arguably also environmentally damaging. So that's, again, not so, so keeping within... The style of protest. Another iconic thing that you might remember, um, listeners, uh, I don't usually often say that, um, or, or, or watchers via <laughs> Max Radio. Listeners, we're, we're a podcast, Oliver. We're a podcast. I know, but they, some people do watch over Manx Radio Vision. Um, and those people move on to our podcast platforms, please. They don't, have to, they don't, the, don't have to watch our horrible body language and faces, obviously. Indeed, yes. indeed. Anyway, um, do you remember, have you seen that video of uh, them running across the mall uh, in, in London? Uh, and blocking Boris oh, Johnson yes, that, that on was his way. Funny. I think he was on his way to Buckingham Palace. Oh, but... No, way, way, way back from Buckingham Palace, and then the uh, police then jumped out and then pushed yeah, him away. It yeah. was quite, quite entertaining. That yeah, one. so, so you, most people will definitely recognise them. Uh, yeah. So are we going to move on to another of our um, UK pressure groups or international pressure groups? Yeah, absolutely, feel free. Um, so another one that we've sort of recently um, see, uh, appe- sorry, can't get my words straight there. Recently seen appear over the past few years is the Black Lives Matter uh, group, um, and they were uh, founded. Sort of was was it? Uh, ah, they've actually been around a lot longer than I thought. I thought it was only very recently, but uh, recently they rose to prominence. Yes. Twenty thirteen is actually when they when they started, and it's a social mo- movement pro- progressing. Uh, sorry, protesting against uh, incidents of police brutality and all uh, racially motivated um, violence against black people. Um, but yeah, but particularly in in the last year, have we uh, seen them uh, profile really been boosted? Um, since sort of June last year, obviously we had our we had a protest over here on the island, and um, that was uh, I appear quite successful. They had a lot of people. It was just as the island was coming out of 
lockdown. It's probably probably one of the biggest gatherings on the island uh, post lockdown. Um, so I, I think it was really successful. They had quite a few sort of speakers afterwards as well. I've seen watched quite a few videos of that. It was really interesting speaking about their experiences on the island and uh, from that. We've seen a lot more um, appear on Alaman's social media. Well, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that you mention uh, Black Lives Matter. And you give their Wikipedia uh, definition there. As, yes, as indeed. Yeah. Uh, but, but <laughs> that was the closest thing I could see. But uh, interestingly, it, that may be their overarching thing. But I'd say it goes a lot deeper than what the public actually realise. Uh, it goes a lot, lot deeper than kind of. It's different to the matter of the slogan, basically. So if you even look at their uh, their Black Lives Matter founders, they're almost, it's not like, yes, it's just a social movement purely focusing on making racial equality. Uh, the Black Lives Matter founders quite proudly state, we are trained Marxist, Marxists. Mm-hmm. They really, their goals overall are to build, uh, they aren't just to make the American dream a reality for all, if you take the, it's where it started in America, but it's actually transform America completely uh, in that regard. So they, they said, uh, well, let me, let me find it. Uh, it was kind of, they wanted to disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other's extended families and villages that collectively care for each other. They call for the progressive restructuring of tax codes, uh, sustainable redistribution of wealth, uh, they want this is a uh, partner organization which is basically the same as them which also says the retroactive decriminalization immediate release and record expungement of all dra- drug related offenses uh, they want to end the war on drugs drugs basically uh, but even if you go on that level there all the drug related offenses that could mean you're uh, you're committing mass drug smuggling it's criminal activity it isn't necessarily just the possession of it uh, even if we then go into I, I can talk all day on Black Lives Matter Basically, the they have a very radical Marxist agenda, mm-hmm. which would kind of supplant the basic building block of society, which is family uh, and the state, and destroy even the economic system that Eason has lifted many, many, and millions of black mm-hmm. people out of poverty. Uh, it's not a kind of blueprint for equality, almost. Uh, I'd say. Um, so again, they've seemed they changed their mission statements differently depending on the time, but there are many. Um, what their original statements are, they basically wanted to create a socialist economy. And that's going far away from the single mission statement, uh, which was which originally people would sympathise with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't realise that the actual organisation itself is heading in a different way. And it's a lot deeper than what was recognised. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've seen it in uh, the, the Black Lives Matter movement in sporting events as well. So, for example, in the Premier League, uh, taking the knee uh, has been used a lot more. Uh, well, no, it's been sort of implemented since uh, last year. Um, but obviously it was the Tokyo Olympics this year and um, the IOC, which uh, organises the Games, initially banned competitors from taking the knee. As it says in Rule 50 of the Olympic Charter, forbids any demonstration or political, re- religious or re- um, racial propaganda. But then uh, it decided to lift that ban and allow um, the participants the athletes to express their views um so it's it's interesting to see how um it sort of influences you know political movements and pressure groups move into sporting events and things that people that are not politically sort of interested in um that it moves on to them obviously we've seen marcus rashford with um free school meals see that's got a lot more people 
of my age who wouldn't really be interested in sort mm. of um, what was going on with the free school meals, but someone that they uh, know and sort of follow and, and support online, a well-known football player, um, from his experiences, he was quite driven uh, by the by what was going on there. So it's interesting to see how it sort of uh, affects people uh, as well. I, I just, I don't agree with making sport political. It should be something that is apolitical almost mm. because that way it survives even through when politics changes. It's not something, even if you look at the kind of in regimes where sport is always kind of this outside of that it's kind of something separate and that's quite that's quite special about sports it brings us together in ways where it doesn't matter what politics you support kind of what views you hold you can celebrate sport that's Um, the thing on the pitch isn't it you know everyone is equal you know Mm. in that sort of uh that sort of sense um yeah so we've discussed a bit there about uh black lives matter is there anything further you want to add on that, or would you like to move on to sort of looking at a different pressure group? Or well, I just, I just, I just don't personally think uh, I, I, I can't support the organisation that's Black Lives Matter, for example. Uh, it just, it, it, it's a lot deeper than what you'd think on the name of Black Lives Matter. There's a lot more, uh, especially if you look at the founders, for example. They were saying, oh, it's interesting the, the, the hypocrisy of some of them. They're saying we should, we should stop, we should boycott buying in white neighbourhoods, and then they bought a 13 million mansion or something in a heavily predominantly white neighbourhood uh, that sort of behaviour again doesn't really get any merits from me I'd say uh, but yeah moving on we look at uh, some IOM pressuring mm. so what I'm part of which is the Isle of Man Student Live Network Oliver so let's let, 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 let's let Oliver explain that one so when did you set that up Archie was it 20 you should have done your research eight, here yeah. Oliver come on come on <laughs> disappointing here we're going to have to dock your pay again every week every week <laughs> You're getting a pay cut, a pay cut. Austerity measures need to be brought in place as well, so this is only an excuse. Uh, yes. Uh, so it's 2019 March. 2019 March. Um, and it was uh, similar to um, the UK one. Did you sort of follow in from that? Um, it's not similar necessarily, because our aims which we provide are slightly different. And unlike the UK group, which I'm sure we'll go into after, um, we're, we were a non-partisan organisation, so we didn't really hold any political affiliation, which meant it was very open and we were able to express ideas, unlike in the UK, where we had the UK Student Climate Network, which is very, very anti-conservative, anti-anything with capitalism. Uh, they were anti any expression of a view which was different to theirs. I mm-hmm. think I expressed a view uh, that not all police uh, like are bad, necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I got absolutely, like, just, it was ridiculous, the the comments I got through from that. Or even the fact that capitalism isn't necessarily bad. Or there's another one mm-hmm. uh, which was related to, well, if you're looking at us, we might reach overpopulation. Overpopulation isn't good. And then it, apparently it's fascist to think that overpopulation is good. Or even looking at, kind of looking at eco-fascism, which again, I do not agree with. And I was saying the fascism part of it is utterly ridiculous. That kind of, you know, I can never agree with. But if you look, it's interesting. I mean, you just said it's interesting mm-hmm. to see the idea of putting the environment first. Because that's ultimately what they wanted to do. They want to put the environment first. And I was pointing out that part of it. And I then got called a fascist, <laughs> which was ridiculous. Because I'm totally for freedom. I, I like yeah. freedom of speech, freedom of expression. All of that is essential. Um, but... I apparently saying that what 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 exploring the idea of putting the environment first and saying it's fascinating. I think that's something which is quite interesting. 
that apparently makes you fascist. So again, the Isle of Man Student Time Network was different to that. So we were quite separate. So since 2019, you've had several uh, protests outside the Isle of Man's legislative buildings. Uh, and you've been sort of speaking to the media outside there and uh, sort of lobbying politicians. Indeed, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and obviously your aim has been to lower the um, date in which carbon... Is it neutrality? Carbon neutrality is net. So we wanted yeah. to look at 2030. It's turning into like, like my interview yesterday. I had two interviews, <laughs> one with Jeff Mongoose and one with, again, Max Radio. Uh, yeah, so we set it up kind of to push originally for 2035 carbon neutrality. And then we moved into looking at maybe getting more education in the education system because we were lacking any sort of formal political education. I'm sure as you went through school. Mm-hmm. When did you learn about climate change and how much did you learn? Just that is the answer, basically. No, nothing. No, no, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the bare basics you touch on is there's something called the greenhouse gases. Greenhouse gases cause a greenhouse effect which heats up the Earth's atmosphere and causes a bit of warming. That, that was it. There's no, yeah, that's, bio, there's no, that's in biology, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. There's no explanation of here's what we can, what, here's what we've contributed. There may have really, been a little bit in geography. But I that, think, that's optional. Yeah, it's optional. Yeah, it's yeah. not mandatory at all to learn about it. And we found that utterly ridiculous. So that's why, again, we were pressuring on that side of things. Uh, and obviously, yes, lobbying government through media and, and protesting. And those protests have been completely peaceful, although you yep. there was sort of a bit of a problem, was there, with the education uh, department over here sort of allowing, was he, were, were they uh, open for letting students go to these protests? No, they, they were not. And as I've stated before, and I, I hope, it, I hope it, do get, it does get published, uh, the uh, chief, uh, the, the school leadership were a very, and all the schools, like every single school on the island, they were all very anti. I got called into my head, head's office and got told how dangerous Douglas was in the daytime and how a fight could break out and how dangerous <laughs> it could be in the centre of the financial district and legislative district of Douglas, where we are a very, very low crime rate island. And I got told how dangerous it was and how so, uh, silly and idiotic we were for going out to protest and how it could be so dangerous and we could be put at risk. And they were really just concerned about our health and safety. Uh, it was utterly ridiculous. I mean... You do stand on a fairly busy road, but you stand with your backs, not even again. You know, you're not sort of like you're leaning in the road or you're wandering it's in the road. It's hardly a dangerous you know, road. Yeah. Road the drivers aren't going, even in CLA Britain, when they sit off the roads, aren't run over Oliver. So yeah. I really doubt we were at much risk there. I mean, he does have a, um, you know, he does have to safeguard students, especially since it's during the day. So he has to care in some sort of uh, yeah, but Oliver Oliver's trying to scaremonger a student out of going to Douglas in the middle of the day for a protest the protest against the environment and they're saying they'll catch up on lessons that really isn't something it's not even something in their control it's not like it's in school activity it's really outside a safeguarding issue outside any form of care of duty of responsibility so it, so are you, are you free to go now or is well, it sort of, of a case yes. of um, uh, you need they, to sign a form and or it's going to get marked down as absent they, they relaxed the rules uh, after seeing we were successful oh it was very ironic yeah very, once they see successful they're like oh yeah we want the school's name there yeah yeah it's really odd how the system of any anything works. They're trying to jump on the bandwagon. Uh, but do, anyway, they, yeah. yeah. So, um, have you got any others coming up soon? No. Uh, yeah, just for any listeners. Yes, yeah. No, no. We, 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 we may in the future, but we're not yet sure. Yeah. But moving on to another Isle of Man uh, kind of centric pressure group. We had Iowa Elm Trees. So, yeah, what, what was Isle of Man Elm Trees that, that campaign for? Well, I do believe it was sort of set up by the deputy leader of the Isle of Man Green Party, Lamara Crane. Uh, I think she put a Facebook group out um, regarding what was going on with the Elm Trees, which got 
it was very odd how it all came about. Um, I think I remember seeing this in the newspaper over here. Which, you know, not many people my age read the newspaper, but I like to read the newspaper over here because it's interesting. Anywho. <laughs> It's very, very good. I like, I like the newspaper, especially the Financial Times. Uh, yes. but I'm very old. But we're regards. talking about either the Manx Independent, the Courier, or the Examiner here. Anyway, there was a picture of uh, Graham Cregeen, uh I think now you say the former Department of Home Sorry, Affairs Oliver, Minister. He who cannot be mentioned. Um, <laughs> the former Department of Health. Uh, no, Department of Health. Department of... Uh, Home Affairs. Home Affairs, sorry. Um, and it was about how... Dis- the displayment of um, planning applications were being displayed. Anyway, basically, it didn't. It went. It got through the planning committee. The commissioners didn't basically raise anything, and before it was too late, everyone was like, "Oh my god, these trees are going to get knocked down." These trees were on a main road in a elm tree arc, as they call it. It was apparently one of the. There weren't even many trees, and to be fair, they were going to replant about. Ten times the amount of trees, yeah. anyway. Anyway, it was yeah. on, a, on a road of loads of other trees, and it was on a main road, and it was going to be because someone wanted to build a, 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 a new entrance to their uh, far, farmhouse. It, it, it basically um, was, it wasn't a safe entrance first, yeah. so they wanted to expand Yeah, they the wanted entrance. to open it up wider, and there's going to be a few trees coming down. Anyway, uh, it was public outrage on all the Alamance social media platforms, and they got a petition which got, you know, bearing in mind it wasn't, Probably wasn't mostly Alaman residents. Uh, it was about forty thousand people. It was really, really ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was quite mind-boggling at the time. Anyway, me and Archie drove through there one day, and uh, yeah, we, we saw we saw the trees and we thought this isn't. It's not even that significant. Yeah, I it mean, it was really confusing. I understand if they were cutting down all of them. Yes, outrage. I'd be so outraged. A but, lot of so a lot of people yeah. since them have said there's been fall-throughs with the Alamans. You know, way things go through planning and how sort of people just it got sort so of. So get your planning in soon, off. guys, before uh, it all changes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. And then you won't happen. be able to do anything without the support of forty thousand people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So um, yeah, and it was it took quite a few days before anything was going to happen. It was taught people saying. Yes, apparently they're going to be going down on with chainsaws on Wednesday morning. <laughs> we, we better all go there and tie ourselves to the trees, and you know. Um, and it took a while, and they said, "Oh yes, well, the department's going to, the minister's going to speak with the owners, and you know." And then it took a few days, and then it finally uh, it didn't happen. They came to an agreement that it wouldn't happen. I yes. don't know what the alternative is for. Well, uh, would you? Would I, think, you th- I think they found yeah. a new entrance. I think they that's did, what yes. it was. So yeah. it's, it's because they didn't. Want, they got. They got like threats or something. Or yeah. Something. The, yeah, yeah. No serious. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so do we think overall that um, that pressure groups have much impact, or if they're useful? And what do we think about pressure groups, even the ones which are emerging uh, at the moment, Oliver? I think they're really good. I think it's... Insulate Britain's good, says Oliver. Well, no, no, Let me finish. That'll be the Daily Mail's headline tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> or the think... Sun, either okay, one. Okay, let me rephrase Kickbait, that. Kickbait I think, headlines. I think some pressure groups are, are effective and um, can sort of uh, change policy, um, but not all, uh, especially when you're causing such danger... Uh, <laughs> sorry, Alaman Student Climate, climate Network, but um, but Insulate Britain in particular, uh, you know, it's quite uh, falls underwear. Oliver says some are good. Yes. Anywho, yeah, I, I think I can sympathise there. Some are good, and it all, all obviously depends on the processes. In yes, which they I mean, and it's mm. also whether it's when it affects people, it sort of makes them turn to anger. You mm. know, when yeah. it directly affects them. I mean. 
like insulate britain um but then it's sort of is it getting the awareness that it needs are politicians um aware of what's going on i suppose that's why on the isle of man it's usually outside the legislative buildings Indeed, yes. uh, or at the place of where something's occurring mm. so we've had them outside for example manx gas their actual oh, yes. headquarters there uh, just down the road um and yeah but you don't see oh there's actually one the other day what's that for the um gambling oh uh, yes yeah. there was outside, outside and, the villa and that was Marina, because the, yes. people don't believe in, yeah, yeah. in gambling so that is the latest sort of pressure i think they were gambling um, on the opportunity <laughs> to actually make a difference there <laughs> it was yeah. a gamble to whether that pressure group would actually work uh but couldn't yeah. resist the pun um, so on the isle of man most of them oh we had the uh, peel bay as well oh uh, yes, yeah. yes yes so we have them quite frequently on the isle of man um the impact is unknown i'd say yeah yeah but yeah, move, moving moving on. Uh, this week we had the election of our Isle of Man's chief minister. Indeed. So let first of all, what did our poll say? Who they thought or who they preferred to get in? Well, unfortunately, um, I can't get the. In- well, the let, access let, give, to give the... me half minutes. Speak on for a minute, okay. Oliver. Uh, Archie can uh, quickly go into Instagram when it's not down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I conducted a little poll on oh, the other night. I just thought, oh, I'll quickly nip on our social media pa- platform and have a quick look uh, so i put uh, the profile of each candidate's manifesto and it had their sort of phrase that they were using for how the island was going to go so um and then i said you know there's going to be a vote tomorrow on the mhk's you know the public doesn't actually decide but your mhk's do so what who do you, do you, who think? Do you think we got 63 said uh dr alex allerton and 37 said uh alfred cannon now you could see that in the way that uh you know, most younger people are of the the liberal uh, ideology. Uh, and it's sort a shame, of isn't it? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with you. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I, you wouldn't disagree with me. I would dis- I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm glad. Would, I'm, I'm glad falling off upon my words. This is awful. I would disagree with you there, Archie. Um, not all of obviously Alex Allenson's views, uh, but sort of you know most of most of what he was saying, I thought was good. But I thought Alf, a lot of what Alf was saying was really good. Um, so personally, who would I have voted for? Hmm, probably Alf. Um, well, I declared that last week, didn't I? Really? Yes. Uh, did. But yeah. So yeah, I'm not surprised that most people went for Alex because most of our followings are of people that are, you know, this is a p- politics podcast for the youth, run by the youth. So mm. I can see why that sort of f- uh, fold. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, it was again uh, Alf was elected, and we'll be digging into that in our current affairs. Indeed. Uh, bit, 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 bits and bobs. So yes, we move on to our. Won't let me play it. Da, 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 da. Well, we move on to our Isle of Man current affairs. Um, the co- there are calls for an inquiry into the island's COVID-19 response, and there's been recommendations from the pack for this to go before Timwald. The Isle of Man's chief minister has said he'll be shaping his new cabinet in the coming coming days, and that the Council of Ministers must share the same common goal. A secondary school teacher on the island has cha- challenged government's views uh, on the COVID-19 mitigation strategy and has said that enhanced ventilation is just windows open. That's it for the Isle of Man's current affairs. Yeah, go. and that's current affairs forever and all. It's it for Isle of Man current affairs. You're being absorbed into the United Kingdom tomorrow, commencing at midnight. Uh, so I was just reading off your last statement there. I thought it was going to... What were we, we going to do? Never mind. 
Never mind, Oliver. <laughs> the joke fell flat. Uh, but yes, calls for an inquiry into government's COVID response. Do you think that we should add an inquiry, Oliver? Well, obviously, it's going to cost money, isn't it? Um, so, <laughs> uh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, we, government must shut down. It's going to cost money to do anything in government. They... Sorry, guys. Oliver <laughs> says you can't be doing any of that. Well, obviously, um, I, I'm pretty sure it was... They were, um, I was reading an article and they wanted a judge from across to do the review. Oh, that'd be ridiculous. Yeah, so it's going to cost a lot more. Uh, they could just do an independent review. I'll do it for um, free. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you are. There's your offer. Job um, offer here. I think we I'll can recognize. I think m- most individuals can recognise it, unless you really don't want to go into where you've gone wrong. Um, most individuals can recognise where the government's gone wrong over the past. I don't think there's a um, need to inquire. Uh, no, I, I, I believe that there is, but, um, you know. Because, because what's done's done, really. Yeah. There's not much we can. We've already learnt our lessons, and we have we have had generally had a good strategy. Yeah. Uh, so um, I wouldn't say, unlike the U, unlike the UK, we've been quite well off from COVID. So I wouldn't say that it's a giant public yeah. disaster that needs a no. Report. And um, I think we can, you know, we we sort of know the mistakes that that, that have happened. Um, well, the island's new uh, ch- uh, chief chief minister has said he's going to be shaping his new cabinet. Uh, over the next coming days. days. Obviously, we can't predict in the cabinet because yeah. it could it could go anywhere. Really. So um, yeah, for the first time, it was just the House of Keys voting, and it was uh, fourteen for uh, Cannon. I think it used to, it used to be originally the House of Keys anyway. Yeah, yeah. But they moved. Uh, so it's fourteen Cannon, eight uh, Allenson, which then makes twenty-two. So two people didn't vote for them at all. Uh, John which... Wallenberg and Chris Thomas. Yes. And um, then in the second vote, I forgot the how confirmat- many. Yeah. Confirmatory vote. Uh, it was twenty. One, four, yes, and three against. Yes, um, and, and that was John Wannenberg, yeah. uh, Sarah Maltby, and, and Jenny Farragher. Jenny Farragher, which I really didn't, I didn't understand because the whole point of a it wasn't a party. Vote. It wasn't a party decision either. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, what, that's what they say. It was an, indi- <laughs> it was an individual decision. Uh, <laughs> that's what they say. Cause they, yeah, that's what they say. But I'm pretty sure it's because you know most of their they um, think the same. constituents. Uh, most of constituents were... But it, it, it's ridiculous, because the whole point of a confirmatory vote is to say we accept you as chief minister. You've already done the preference, and it's not showing that you then don't support your preference, you didn't hold strong to your views. Mm-hmm. You do the preference, and you say, well, yep, that's fine, okay, I'll accept him, I'll accept the result. That's really what the vote is. So... Um, yeah, we, it just didn't make sense. We know that probably the four, four people that voted against him in... Uh, will basically... I mean, obviously, there was others that voted Allenson, but who knows? Uh, must share the common goal. Uh, no, sorry, what am I on about? Share, I, I don't know what you're going about here. Share the common goal? What was um, this? Most, most people... Uh, if you want it, Sorry. Most people that want to be in Council of Ministers must share, share the same goal. Uh, collective responsibility. So, yeah. I mean, he said he wants to drop collective responsibility in his, in his manifesto. But, I mean, moving... He doesn't want someone in there that's not going to be wanting to work with him. Anyway, a secondary school teacher has um, challenged the government's mitigation strategy. Um, in schools, I mean, we we both know what it's like in schools. It's, you know, there is... Ridiculous. Um, it's quite funny. Uh, all the schools in Ireland, they have got decide, decide... Yeah, they've all got cases. And they decide, our ventilation strategy to stop COVID is making everyone freeze. Well, I don't know that all schools have got cases, but I know in no, my they, school... No, they all yeah. have cases, trust yeah. me. Uh, but they, 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 they will have cases. But their their methods are let's open a window. I've that, not, but I've not seen a teacher go right. Oh, I've not seen anyone go right. This uh, just opening the window here. You know, they're already open. They're uh, not. Uh, they're at not my mine. school, yeah. I was, they're all yeah. open. It's oh, freezing yeah. all day. 
because oh it is yeah yeah they leave the radiators on full and open the windows which is ridiculous environmentally it's ridiculous and it doesn't actually do much so i it is it is that is like over mitigation strategy leave the windows open yeah uh, there's a few people wearing masks. Uh, but not many, so it doesn't have any impact as such. Yeah, the, the basically, I you know, I see it as if everyone wears a mask, then it's going to be effective. In, in not, not 100% effective, but it's going to be more effective than not wearing them. Mm. So that is sort of Alaman news. So it's COVID, 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 or Chief Minister. I did say to Archie before, when are we going to not have a political... Sorry, a political bubble podcast without mentioning... COVID. I think it's never is uh, the answer. Uh, well, when we, well, I'll, I'll make sure to make our final episode. Um, it is my last episode. I'll make sure there's no mention of COVID. I'll be cut out of it. Uh, I'll be fed up by then. But anyway, so our UK and international news. I've only got two bits. Obviously, what insulate Britain? They've now decided they're going on pause for uh, eleven days. Yeah. So it'll yes. be October the twenty-fifth. Yes. So what? there we go. We were talking about them earlier, and now they've just stopped. Oh, stop for, for 11 yeah, days. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know why it stopped necessarily. They just decided... I think it's, they probably don't have enough people now. They've all been arrested. <laughs> <laughs> They've exhausted the supply. Uh, oh, and they said it's being suspended ahead of the uh, COP26 conference. That's the only reason. Ah. Are they all going to be up there, is it? <laughs> Maybe that's why. Blockading <laughs> Boris Johnson's Scot- hotel. Up in Scotland, yeah. that'll be why. <laughs> oh. But anyway, so we also saw North Korea soldiers. They had a big display the other day and they were smashing concrete blocks uh, onto the soldiers when they're lying on broken glass. I think it's has been slightly debunked by a magician as not actually being real, but it's more of an illusion to show strength, which makes sense. Because I, I, I was thinking, how on earth can you... Already breaking a concrete block with a sledgehammer on a solid surface leads damage. How can you do that on someone's chest and not break their chest? Or how can you smash someone's over someone's arm into a concrete block and they don't feel any pain, it's not broken? It's ridiculous. Anyway, so that, yeah, that that's generally our international news. Not much this week. I've not collated it. So, Oliver this week is going to speak to us. About a topic for one minute exactly, without hesitation, deviation, or repetition. So Oliver, what's your topic? And let's get started. Well, I currently uh, don't have a, a, a topic, but I'll just uh, pick Not one good. straight off the bath. But, um, so, um, I was talking to my friend the other day, and we are fascinated by uh, f- uh, the area of Fleshick. Uh, we go running there quite a lot. And... Um, it's sort of a very unpopulated area. It might have been previously. Anyway, it's lovely landscape in the Isle of Man. Uh, would you agree with me there? Oh, yeah, he can nod his head. He's not going to uh, interrupt me. Um, it's got a great little beach. Anyway, uh, you're saying to me, oh, you should sort of make a little documentary all about what's gone on there. And uh, previously they had a big fire um, up in about sort of 15 years ago. Uh, and there's been all sorts of um, sort of, uh, renovations there recently as well and he said previously there was sort of tea rooms there and uh, tennis courts so I think it'd be a really uh, interesting place to look into the landscape of it is just amazing and uh, a few of my friends go mountain biking in the plantation now I've been there a couple of times but a very steep plantation and it also um, going sort of into Fleshik is the Alamans uh, Radnafolian which is Way of the Gull which is a about a hundred mile uh, path all the way around the island. Anyway, I'm very interested in sort of 
Fleshick. I'm going to try and research it a bit more. But I just thought, you know, if you didn't know much about Fleshick, which my friend sort of always says people uh, pronounce it wrong, but um, yeah, Fleshick, there you go. Just talk a bit about Fleshick and it's what it, what's about. I just thought. Not, not exactly politics, but it does. It's fascinating. I must say, it is some beautiful landscape there. Yeah. Uh, it's an island. It's not an island. It's a part of our wonderful um, southern coast of the yeah, island. Yeah, I really couldn't think much to talk about any. That's just what came to my mind. Wait, the tea, gonna... tea rooms, is that the chasms? Uh, th- there was t- there was tea rooms up at the chasms, but was apparently there was a there was Crikey, a yeah where? yeah no I was uh, looking at photos back of Fleshick and, and that's that's very cool. I've got a mm. I think there's a page or something I've seen of of photos yes. of Fleshick and it had tennis courts and it was amazing. You have to send this on. Yeah, that, that 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 is quite something. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, it's completely changed over the past few years, and I think they've had. I could be wrong whether they had filming or something down there i'm sure there has been filming down there because it's a beautiful area yeah uh, it's just quite wonderful mm. so yeah all about fleshick it's great i love going running there well no time to lose it's on to our recommendations of the week so oliver what are your recommendations for reading listening and watching well i've just started uh my EPQ, which is an extended project qualification. Uh, so it's a research sort of um, qualification. Uh, anyway, I'm just going into Manx politics. <laughs> what a surprise. Anyway. Oh, um, what, what's your title? Have you talked about I haven't got a title at right. the moment. I'm just researching a lot of stuff and going into uh, It might be on the political system. Uh, it mm. may be on potentially uh, do civil servants on the Isle of Man have more power than the politicians. There's a few routes that I'm going to be going down. Anyway, first of all I picked up one book, which is all about the Alamans lieutenant governors uh, over the past few years and their sort of story. I don't know whether I'm going to actually take much mm. from it, but I'm going to try read a little bit and see how uh, what their views are uh, or, or what they're talking about in there. Anyway, so I've just picked that book up and we'll start reading it. Anyway, for watching, I don't think I've actually watched. Uh, sorry, for listening, I don't think I've actually watched anything this week can't remember it's not very good of me anyway uh, watching uh, no listening agenda i've been listening to uh manx radio's agenda uh, which is a program which broadcast on a monday at half five i think where where no. is it where was it broadcast on oliver manx radio ah suck up here to manx radio oh dear <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think it's great it's a p- political program uh produced by produced and uh narrated by mm. phil gorn and he's recently just had a few of the newly elected mhks on uh, so it's been really interesting to listen to and uh, most some of them new and yeah um his son uh, ewan uh, who was uh worked at manx radio and uh, he he did, did the program for a little while but now phil's sort of taken on the reins it's really interesting hopefully uh i'll keep listening to it um there's Usually, sort of a. <laughs> I thought there was. I thought there was no, something no, falling yeah. down there. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah. So, agenda is what I've been listening to. It's great. Ah, very nice. Well, my reading. I've been reading currently. I'm doing some work for my history coursework. So again, it's related to that. But I'm, fa- I'm fa- fascinating anyway. Uh, it's a 1668 book from 1668 wow. uh, called the world Mis- the world's mistake in Oliver Cromwell: a short political discourse showing that almost Cromwell's maladministration during his four years and nine months pretended protectorship laid the foundations of our present condition in the decay of trade by uh, Slingsby Bethel. Fascinating book, I must say. It's written in Old English uh, to some degree. Oh, right. So all the S's look like F's. 
it's a pain. I'm transcribing it because I want to. Then it's much easier to read. Um, yes, that's my uh, my reading for the week. Listening wise, there's a brilliant uh, tune uh, called uh, the intro. Uh, it's, it's called uh, it's by Hummel. Um, uh, called Introduction Theme and Variations, Opus 102. As you're here now, uh, well, I need to wait for them to actually. This is a wonderful uh, piece of classical music. Uh, I came across it when looking for some uh, comparisons for my music here level and just some wider listening. Uh, but yeah, I do, rec- I do recommend it. Uh, it's uh, yeah, Johan uh, Nemuk's Hummel. Uh, it's his introduction theme and variations, opus number 103. It's quite a lovely piece. Uh, with a lovely, lovely, lovely oboe playing for, for a difference, considering the oboe is... Gen- I should host a, pl- a classical music program, really. You should. Uh, but yes, considering the oboe is generally quite um, shriekish and quite yeah. cutting through. I know it, one of my there's, friends plays yeah, the oboe. I think I know them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's, there's, love, there's, lo- there's a lovely. I don't rich, know many oboe sa- players, yeah. and he's one of them. Yes, yeah, so there's a lovely, lovely rich sound uh, with tasteful vibrato there. And watching wise this week, I've not yet watched it, but it's on my list to watch after I've finished my admissions tests and an A level exam. Uh, it is Blair and Brown, the new BBC documentary on oh. them. It's fascinating. The interviews with both Blair and Brown and members of their administration. Yes, and it's yeah. uh, just been no, just uh, been released. Yeah, on the eighth of October. Yeah, yeah, I had in my head then the this the, when you said Blair, I somehow got the Beatles thing that they no, were releasing in. No, no, uh, but yeah, I, I'll just yeah, yeah. watch that. Um, I also want to watch the new Bond film. Oh, yeah, I've not uh, watched. I, but yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the cinema, so yeah. I'll, I'll probably wait till it comes yeah, out. That's oh, probably me as well. I'll wait till it comes out on streaming, and yeah. then I'll watch it. Even even if you have to pay it, I'll buy yeah. it on streaming. Much better. Yeah. Uh, yes. So yes, I'll finish off with uh, yeah. Hummel's introduction theme and variations one hundred one hundred two. It's a lovely, lovely piece. I do recommend. Ah, oh, yes. It's great to be able to play play my play my music examples on here. Uh, I should do. I should. I should do a, a classical music podcast to be rather good. I say you rather should. good. Uh, yes. So that does actually conclude our principle for this week. Uh, what's happening next week, Oliver? Well, we've hopefully got a, a guest on. Uh, so uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll do. We'll do some. That'll keep you looped in. Yeah, we'll we'll do some uh, from the desks of our listeners. Hopefully, uh, by next week. When once we've got a topic sorted, we'll let you know and let us know your views. I was going to come up with a catchy pun there, but then couldn't quite manage it. So yes, that is. Uh, you can join us again next week for episode two of season five of Police Babble. You can listen to all our past episodes, including the Manx mini series, on manxradio.com forward slash podcast forward slash Police Babble. That's manxradio.com forward slash podcast forward slash Police Babble. So if you do want to have a political debate or come on and talk to us, do let us know and we'll try to accommodate you depending on the topic and, you know, what what we're feeling like, really. Uh, yes, it is a dictatorship here. Uh, yes, well, a dual dictatorship in ways uh, Oliver would like to imagine. But yes. You've been Politibubbles. <laughs>